That's where we get the expression about the straw that broke the camel's back. If you know that you're going into a stressful time, then what you want to do is make sure that there aren't other things coming up that are going to be stressful. This week, we tackle the harsh realities of life, and in particular, how taking care of a sick parent or in-law can have an impact on your marriage. Stay tuned. Are you a marriage expert looking to reach more couples? Now you can get listed on Hitch for just $1. Our listings appear throughout the website right next to the articles that are read by hundreds of thousands of married folks. You get to post a small image, a short description, and most importantly, a link back to your site. Visit hitchedmag.com, click the directory link, and get listed today for just $1. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com, and I am joined with the original practicing psychologist and founder of MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Um, we we have a really, really tough topic today, um, but I... You know, so much of our society is influenced by the baby boomer generation, and unfortunately, uh, they are now getting to an age where they are getting sick. They are passing away. My my parents are in the boomer generation, and I I get I talk to them all the time, and unfortunately, I feel like the health of their the people around them um, is, is not always the best. And I, I see it with my own eyes about what kind of, um, stress it can put on, uh, people. So, um, today we're going to focus on, uh, couples dealing with, um, their own sick parent or, and, or in-law, um, Mm -hmm. because it obviously depends on which spouse, uh, has the sick parent. So I, I, I first wanted to ask, uh, this is, extremely stressful for couples. What what is your purse first piece of advice uh, specifically when they're they are actively involved in the care of that sick parent or in-law? Well, you know, I think so much of life is about your expectations and it's not any different from this situation uh and and any other situation. So I think that the proper expectation is to know that you're going to go into a stressful period. Um, I think that if you deny that or if you, you know, sort of say, well, you know, it'll be fine, it's not going to be a big deal, that you're sort of setting yourself up. Sickness um, is painful. Um, It, you know, sort of zaps your energy. Um, It may require, you know, using lots of resources. And so it's stressful and you don't many times um, know the outcome. Um, Even just waiting for test results uh, can be frustrating and difficult. So I think that having the proper mindset and knowing that it is going to be a stressful period uh, will really help to get yourself ready. So it's really doing your own mental, mental shift and exercise to, to, 
to just prepare yourself to understand like this is not going to be a normal time right. for us. Right. This is, this is going to be different. Yes. Okay. Uh, now there are so many different scenarios that can play out, uh, but the emotional toll on the spouse whose parents is sick uh, is perhaps the biggest. Uh, what sure. can you as the supporting spouse do for that person? Well, I think the best thing to do is to, you know, and again, this is, you know, advice we've given previously, and it's now just applicable to this situation, is to ask your mate, in what way can I best support you? Uh, Would you like me to help in practical ways? Would you like me to be there for you emotionally? Um, You know, what can I do for you? Or are there tasks that you would like me to help with as far as, you know, helping with your parents. So, um, you know, just trying to figure out how you can negotiate this together. It may be as, uh, that for a while the, the child of the sick parent is basically not going to be around as much. They're not going to be able to pitch in as much as they normally would. And so it will be that, the help I'm asking for is don't expect as much from me and you're going to pick up my slack mm. um, or I'm going to need to sort of unload and, you know, help me by listening to me vent or unload. Um, or it may be that maybe you'll make some of my calls for me. So we could run a gamut of things. But as I said, the best thing that you can do is ask, you know, in what way can I be most helpful to you during this period? Yeah. Okay. And, and you're right that a lot of the stuff that we talk about, um, or or that we're going to, that's going to come up today, we have talked about in the past, but, but I, but I'm a realist. I know that not everybody who listens to this podcast listens to every episode and a lot of people will (laughs) discover, right. And I know a lot of people will discover this podcast because they are thrown into the situation, don't know what to do. They do a Google search, um, and we pop up or they go to iTunes uh, as they're, you know, right before they jump in the car and head over to the hospital and they find us. Um, so while this may be a repeat of something we have mentioned in the past, uh, good advice is good advice. And, uh, you know, hopefully if this is the first time you're listening to it, know that these these tools that you're getting uh, can be applied more than one way and in more in one situation going forward. Um, but obviously this is a stressful time that uh, you're looking for answers right now. Um, so there, this can also be a financial burden, Karen, uh, if, if you are missing work or perhaps paying a few extra bills uh, for your parents. Um, any tips for juggling the emotions or the reality of dealing with your finances if if it's that itself is putting a strain on your own relationship? Yeah, that's a tough one, Steve. Um, I think that again, you know, and it's so hard to have these discussions when there's emotions going on and stress going on. But in the long run, if you can sit down and have a few minutes of a discussion, it's going to be helpful. So if you can sort of make an assessment of, okay, so I've got to take off some time from work, let's say, or if you're um, self-employed and you're not going to be able to spend as much time doing your work, um, and so that's going to cut into finances, take a look at um, what the reality of your financial situation is. So if you are working for a company, 
um, go to your boss, tell them, you know, what your needs might be and will they allow for some time off without, um, you know, docking you pay. A lot of companies are very sympathetic to the situation and won't dock you at all. Um, or can you make it up at some point? If it is a situation where you're self-employed or you're not going to be able to do your work or concentrate on your work, then see um, if there are resources financially somewhere else that you can shift some funds. If not, maybe the family has to sort of uh, buckle up a little bit, you know, cut their spending in some other areas so that for the short term you um, aren't spending quite as much so that you can manage through this time period. And again, this is not an easy conversation to have. Money is never an easy conversation to have. And when you're feeling pulled in you know, all these different directions, it's certainly hard to make time for this conversation. But the truth of the matter is, if you have um, the ability to look at this, it will really take a burden off of you. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, if you have, uh, siblings or perhaps your parents have, or so for you, I guess it would be like aunts and uncles. Um, it doesn't all, I, I would just want to point out that you don't always have to take on the full burden yourself. Absolutely. Uh, look to that outside family and friends network. And, uh, you know, if you do have siblings, for example, you could say, hey, mom and dad are struggling with this kind of a thing and, you know, we're going to do what we can do. Can you chip in or whatever the case may be? Or, uh, you know, we will handle this if you can, you know, like you mentioned, you know, cook cook some meals for us or something so that we can be doing these things and not having to eat out, which is eating up our bank account kind of a thing. Yeah, I love that, Steve, and I'm so glad you brought it up. You know, giving is done in lots of different ways, and it may be that um, you have siblings who live across the country and cannot be there on a day-to-day basis really physically visiting in hospitals or taking care of the practical day-to-day stuff and may feel quite guilty about the fact that they can't be there, but perhaps their financial situation is such that they can contribute. And so that really is helping you not to feel the full financial burden and really helping them as well to feel like, okay, at least I'm doing something. So I love that you suggested that. And I think it's um, something that you really need to tap into as well. Mm-hmm. And and another thing, just to, to drive home this point is it doesn't always have to be um, finan- explicitly financial in nature. It could be that you provide um, the support that uh, that helps alleviate some financial burden. So, for example, um, I I know where that we are recording this in the beginning of the year, but perhaps somebody's listening to this in the summertime, uh, let's say, and uh, they have they have children, and the fact that they're spending so much time at the hospital requires that they need uh, some babysitters or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the other um, siblings that you uh, have can't financially chip in. Um, but they are willing to take on some some babysitting responsibilities right. so that you don't have to pay for um, somebody else to to look after them kind of a thing so so there are other ways that you can can provide support in that regard yes yes all all very good ideas all good ideas the other thing you know that I was thinking about also as we're speaking Steve you know when we started this and we were talking about how do you start to deal with this and I was talking about expectations 
um, we know that stress is cumulative. Um, so it's almost like, you know, that's where we get the expression about the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. If you know that you're going into a stressful time, then what you want to do is make sure that there aren't other things coming up that are going to be stressful. Um, so if let's say there was um, a project you were going to take on that was going to be stressful, decide to put that project off. Um, if you know that there was um, a commitment that uh, you were going to take on, if you're able to put that commitment off. In other words, you know, level the playing field, so to speak. Don't do too many other things all at the same time because, again, it's just too much stress all at once. Uh, that would be a way that you could help yourself moving forward so that you can really deal with what you have to deal with and not be dividing yourself up into, into too many places. Mm, that's a great That's a great point. Um, I want to move on here really quick, Karen. Okay. So there – we would like to think uh, that all parent-child relationships are good, um, but unfortunately, that is just not the reality of a lot of people's situation, um, and so there is strain there. Um, and so as a couple, what would you say are some tips that to deal with those conflicting emotions where you perhaps do have a, a strained relationship with your parent uh, or in-law, but they are – sick and you know in most situations even if there is strain there you, you don't want to see them pass you don't want to see them in pain or whatever the illness may, may be uh but if this is terminal um you know this is they're looking at the end and you have um this kind of strain and conflict in your relationship uh what would you suggest there for the couple well, I think it's really important to recognize, especially when you're talking about conflict, it means that there are a variety of feelings. And so, you know, when it comes to emotions, you always want to validate them. And there's nothing wrong with saying, let's go with that this is your parent and you've got these mixed feelings. Mm -hmm. As the mate, you would want to say, look, it's really okay that part of you, talk parts, that part of you you know, is angry still at your mother or father that, you know, there were these experiences in the past. But I also know that there's another part of you that being the decent, you know, person that you are feels that, you know, you want to be helpful at this point. This is a human being who's suffering right now. Um, and so, you know, go to that higher place um, and then you can still work on those other feelings um, you know, at another point. And by the way, um, you know, some people feel like, oh, I have to resolve everything while the person's still alive. That's not true. Mm -hmm. um, hurt past wounds can be resolved after a person has passed. Um, but there's other ways to deal with it also. So if there are certain emotions, you can deal with them privately by, let's say, just doing some writing. And getting the feelings out, some uh, free association writing where you write as fast as you possibly can. You don't do thinking. If you start to run out of things to write, you never pick up your pen. You just keep writing, um, even saying, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, until more stuff comes out. So that that helps to let out from your system, so to speak, the negativity 
And because if it's not inside of you anymore, you're releasing it. And that might, like a, like a pressure cooker, um, release some of what's in you and then give you the ability to continue on with what you feel you should be doing as an individual. Um, of course, it may also be a time where um, the part of you that is feeling that there is some remorse for what you lost uh, or what you wish you could have had with your parent, you may want to say those things. Um, and you can even phrase it as, you know, I wish we had had a better relationship or, um, you know, there was a part of me that just really um, always loved you. There are ways to phrase it so you don't feel that you're being untrue to yourself, but that you can still say those things. I will share with the audience, and I, I think I'm hoping that this will be helpful. Um, those people who know my background know that I had a very dysfunctional relationship uh, with my parents. Uh, my father was especially toxic. And um, in fact, I did not, I was not speaking it with him when he passed because he was really, really um, a very toxic individual. And I'm Jewish. And so every year at Yom Kippur, there's a special service that you say for those who have passed. And for the first couple of years that he passed, I did not go into that special service. And then I finally said, you know, I had done my work and I had come to terms with it um, and our relationship that I finally wanted to honor him. And so in the service, uh, it reads as far as thank you, my father, for all you gave me and, you know, all those things. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't ring true for me. But what I say in it is thank you for all the things I know you wanted to give me or all the things that, you know, you tried to be loving and things like that. And I can say that with total clear energy and lovingness because I really know that my father did the very best he could and that he tried to be loving. And so that's what I'm suggesting, that people can still go to their terminally ill parents, even with conflict, and still say words that will ring true for them and allow their parent to pass and for them to come to peace um, and be okay with it. Mm. It's just a suggestion. Um, but it may hopefully be helpful to them. So I, I think what you're getting at a little bit here, Karen, is th there is a difference uh, between getting at your own truth or getting at the truth of the relationship and uh, tying things up nice and neat with a perfect, resolute bow tie. Um, right. there, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this as we as we were talking about responsibilities and what to do and what not to do and what people are able to do. And I, you know, we like to fantasize about how we would can or should handle these situations of being bedside twenty four hours a day and all that kind of stuff. Um, but a lot of people have a hard time dealing with it that way. Right. Um, and and it's understanding what it is you can or are capable of doing what, what you're willing to do, all these different things. Um, and that doesn't make them any less or more than how other people deal with these things. Right. right. Um, and what I would ask people to do, including the mate is please don't judge somebody else. Um, it's really, really hard. You know, everybody has their standards and their way of thinking about things and their beliefs, but truly nobody really 
knows what a situation is like until you're actually living in it. So as the mate, what you want to do is be as supportive as possible because especially in this kind of situation, um, it really is very difficult, especially if you've had a strained relationship, because even though it's been strained, there's still a biological love there. So please be supportive and understanding. This is going to be a tough time. Mm. I, 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 I think that's a, a really important point, just to not judge and as a spouse, just be supportive. Um, because you're right, I think a lot of people like to then start start dividing things up in their head about who's doing what and all that kind of stuff. But you're right. We, we never know. Um, I, just May I say one more thing? I'm yeah, sorry. of course. Because this is really important. The other thing is, as the mate, even if you know that your spouse has had a really difficult childhood, this is going to sound like I'm contradicting myself. What you don't want to do is say, yeah, your father was a real, you know, SOB. Mm-hmm. Because there's a really interesting thing that happens. Even though you know that your parent has been toxic or terrible, you don't want to hear somebody else say it. You can say it, but you don't want, even your mate, you don't want somebody else to put them down. Is that, so, because, it's, is that because it's your hurt? Yes. It's your hurt. It's your parent. So again, going back to my father, you know, um, one time his brother came to see me. And he really, you know, he had the same feelings about him. But man, when he went to town on my father, I defended my father. It was still my father. Mm -hmm. Don't put him down. And I've had clients tell me the exact same feelings. So what you want to do as the mate is to be understanding and, you know, empathic. But you don't want to knock the other, you don't want to knock the parent. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very, again, it's a very precious biological love. Yeah. Uh, well, this actually segues perfectly into the final question for today. Uh, so there are, you know, this isn't just about you and your relationship with that person. Uh, there are other friends and family members uh, out there who will be affected by this sickness or perhaps even and pat death. Um, and some of those people may be pushy. Others may be supportive. Um, you, you know, there's a variety of personalities out there, right? And as we mentioned, there's different people will be dealing with this in different ways. Any guidelines on helping to deal with these outside relationships that you perhaps weren't prepared for? I mean, you may be thinking of your, you know, your sister-in-law or somebody who you know is going to be a pain in the neck or whatever, but you weren't expecting some of these other people to come in. And again, they could be positive or negative relationships. I think the best way to get people to stop is to just say, thank you so much for your love and concern. And then don't continue the conversation. I think if you try to rebuttal or you try to explain, that really invites further conversation. So hear what they have to say and then say, thank you so much for your love and concern. I'll think about it. So you're really just dealing with like this is the one relationship that I'm focused on, which is the parent who's sick or ill, all these other things. I'm uh, – you know, maybe this is where you can defer it to your spouse and mm-hmm. say, can you handle this? Yeah, Because sure. I'm, I'm – and, and we, you talked earlier about the this, this straw that broke the camel's back. You know, relieve mm-hmm. some of that pressure. You know what? Yeah. Can, you, can you handle these other people? I just need to focus on this because this yes. is all I can handle. And just tell, and you know, and you can give them that blanket statement because they might not have a relationship at all. 
And mm-hmm. you can give them that blanket that, you know what, she really appreciates it or he really appreciates your support. We'll let you know if we need anything. Thank you very much. Perfect. Yeah, take absolutely. The, take the high ground. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, uh, geez, <laughs> I, I, I feel like I need to go run or something to like boost my, <laughs> boost my steam here. This was like a really emotionally draining type of an episode, Karen. Um, but I, I really truly sincerely hope that this information is helpful for the others who may be in this situation or see it coming. Um, so, uh, if you have any tips, if you've been in this situation that, uh, have worked for you that you'd like to add, uh, please let us know. Um, shoot us an email or leave a, leave a little note on iTunes or Stitcher. You know, you can comment there. Uh, let people know like, Hey, an episode, whatever this one winds up being, uh, they, you know, I, I recommend this. Um, and because, you know, this is, I would really like to build this into a community of, of, of advice, um, you know, we have our answers and truths and, and lives, but I know you guys do too as, li- as listeners um, and may have something come up that we never even thought was possible. So, um, But I think that's going to do it for us this week, Karen. So thank you so much for your time. I know this was a tough one, um, but I, I really appreciate the advice and I know the listeners do as well. My pledge is steep like always. Uh, so before you guys uh, go there, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman. She is a practicing psychologist uh, in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 25 years. She has a new program out. It is called MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com. And you can get, or um, it's called Make Your Marriage Work Now. And you can get more information at the website, MakeYourMarriageWorkNow.com. Uh, that includes um, a bunch of exercises that you and your spouse can do. Um, there is a monthly teleconference call where you can actually speak with Karen uh, in a one-on-one environment Um, and all of this information, all these tools just $9.99 per month. Uh, so check it out. Go to the website. There's a great video there from Karen uh, explaining all the all the details. Um, but I but I think once you check it out and once you find out how supportive it how supportive it is, uh, you will agree that um, there's never been money better spent. Um, you can also find us, uh, Karen, on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, we are on all the social networks, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, Google+. Uh, so if you have any questions, have any um, any topics that you want us to cover, uh, please let us know. We're, we're always open to new ideas, and uh, that's, I mean, this is why we do it. We do it for you guys. So uh, let us know, and uh, that's going to do it. Until next time. Thank you one last time, Karen. My pleasure again, Steve. Bye-bye. Okay, take care, everybody. We're all